Previously on Critically Stupid. Don't talk, talk about my best friends, unless you want to get punched in the chin. Don't talk, talk about my best friends, unless you want to get punched in the chin. In the depths of Devil's toilet, you met the cutest kitten. Gareth let his seal his heart, you know that he was smitten. The cow is possessed by the demon of the sea. The pirate shark Ahab, still as cute as could be. Devil came in after icing up his junk. He said some mean things to Mel, and he got his face punched. Gareth and Riley popped in and wanted to steal some treasure. Gareth said, fine, we were just leaving, whatever. I saw a pair of bongos that I couldn't resist. But when I touched them, the treasure disappeared and vanished. Once we were home, we attuned with the stone But we ended up in some magic land somewhere unknown We spoke to a mysterious creature who looked just like our friends We had so many questions, but before we began We pulled out of the stone to find our home was ablaze Everything's on fire, is this the end of our days? Who was this creature? Was it a abolith galore? How did it look like a head full of floon and more? Is it too late to save our home? Can we put the fire out? So many questions to answered, let's find out right now Don't talk Talking about my best friends Unless you wanna get punched In the chin Don't talk What's going on, everybody? As we uh, get close to the end game of uh, Critically Stupid Campaign 1, I have, uh, I've got a little something extra to start all of these episodes with, sort of wrapping up thematically what some of the things we've been, we've been rolling in through all of the episodes, through all of the arcs. Uh, and I'm going to have each of these guys read them in character. Um, to, the first one is going to go, calm down, Diana. The first one's going to go to Gary, and I talked to him a little while ago. I'm just saying, I saw your heart rate jack up, like, in your face. Real quick, I'm like you, surprised. Did to, you did talk to me a little bit about it also, but you did mention that you were going to send me something about it on Discord. I'm going to send it right now, but I'm going to send it and then you're going to start reading. So I want to make sure that everybody's clear on it. Uh, please yeah. don't interrupt Garyan, obviously. All right, uh, Garyan, this is to be read in character. You ready? Yeah. All right, hit it. Memory isn't fair. It's not a perfect record of the people who come into our lives or catalog their effect. It doesn't perfectly capture the way we felt the first time someone's made us laugh until our stomachs hurt or cry until the tears stop. These things are temporary as we are. As much as we wish it wasn't, memory is faulty. It's fallible. The season's worth of leaves turning orange and gold with the first frost of old age and floating away onto a gentle breeze. Our memory forgets things, important things. It starts, with a, it starts small, a joke made over dinner with friends, the genesis of argument that exploded out of nowhere, a cozy afternoon with a warm blanket and a good book. But suddenly the things got slip, that slip get bigger. An entire conversation, the details of an old friend's face, the way someone made you feel. And then between one season and the next, our memory loses entire lives. The lives of people we loathed or loved, people we agonized over or trusted with our darkest secrets. People who came into our lives, not when it was convenient, but when it was important. Memory isn't fair, and neither are the lives it drops gently and quietly as a leaf floating on the breeze. 
What's going on, everybody? Welcome to your soon-to-be world-famous Dungeons & Dragons Real Play Comedy Podcast, Critically Stupid. I am your host and Dungeon Master, Alexander James. I am also your uh, friendly candle enthusiast. I love those aromatic bad boys, especially around the holidays. I've got a uh, eucalyptus and pine on my desk right now. Garion's got one, too, and it's pretty great. Love candles. My favorite part of last episode was through the figurative and metaphorical train wreck that was the 20 minutes we came together to record an episode of this show the single beautiful moment where diana remembered a side character from a year and a half ago with no provocation just like just like she had it off the dome Incredible. uh anthony why don't you go next bud I'm Anthony. I play Arnold the Bard. My favorite scent of candle is like creme brulee. I really like Ooh, like, like oh yeah. I like desserty scented candles. I want to go into my house and feel like ooh, I want to eat everything in my house. That's that's what I want. Like I want to feel like Hansel and or Gretel. Um, but yeah. So my favorite part of last episode was the actual episode. Um, I it, it was. I don't. I don't remember. All I remember is that well, like the, the train wreck we did. A train, it was amazing. God. I was, guys. I was so sick. I was so sick. <laughs> I was trying. I would like the world to know that I tried my best. I showed up. You did. I showed up dying. I was dying. I could see in Alex's face. He was like, he can't do this. And I was like, I, you're right. <laughs> but I'm gonna try. Like I see. He's like, please, please stop what you're doing. And I was like, I'm trying my best. And it was hilarious and terrible. And I felt so bad. But yeah, uh, that was amazing. So Diana. Uh, hi, my name is Diana. I play Mel. I also have the Wolf Pup, Joshua Patrick, Josh Pat, Jay Peasy. Um, my favorite scent of candle, I actually had one. I just moved it. It was a vanilla candle. Um, but I also dig like a Christmassy, like, I don't know. I don't want to say evergreen because I don't like the pine tree smell, but that's just the name of the candle that I mm. bought. Um, yeah, my favorite part of last episode was I don't remember the actual episode, but I I mean, yeah, the whole the whole train wreck. Listen, Anthony was sick and I had been in the car all day, including being stuck at the border for longer than I wanted to be. And I got back just in time to watch the bills lose. So <laughs> you were also let's let's put the tiger day. on the table and yell at it. You were also 45 minutes late to the recording because they lost in overtime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Happens to the best of us. It sure does. It'd be like that sometime. Listen, they couldn't. Gary. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, everybody. I am the Nyan Cat and I play Gareth. Um, my favorite scented candle, um, not not too specific. I like seasonal candles, switching up the scent of the house for whatever season we're in, really changes oh, yeah. the vibe. And my favorite part of last episode was. Uh, I think the five stages of grief that appeared on my, not Gareth, my real face when Arnold took those bongos. <laughs> that was like, because like I, I pitched it, I was like, do you grab anything else? And like, you guys were like, nah, we're fine. Like you just let all of my like careening tension filled characters just sort of like crisscross applesauce each other, like, like without Neo. touching. And then like on his way out, I was like, I was like, Anthony, there is a sin. And, and Gary was like, please, please. Don't. <laughs> Rule number one of Gareth's spell school is no one to fold them. You know that I am second best in the school out of two. And the other one is a puppy. Is a dog. I hate, a dog. To, I hate to mention, dude, we have a new student. You may have been demoted. 
Oh, actually, yes. While uh, I, I hate to interrupt, Gary, but um, just as Diana talks about her wolf hope, Joshua Patrick, Josh Pat, JPZ, can you please introduce the audience to your new, new the associate? newest member, the newest member of Troll Skull Cavern, Troll Skull Tavern, um, is the is a beautiful kitten with a little itty bitty hat named Constance. The kitten is named Constance, not the hat. God damn it. Uh, just so in case the hat's name is Fred. <laughs> okay, Constance and his hat Fred. His, her, there. Um, hold on. Odds or evens? Odds. Well, hey, well, hang on a second. There's more than two genders. Nice try, bitch. Not today. Not All today. Right. All right. The next time a cat tells me that they're non-binary, I'll take that into account. <laughs> okay. All right, so for our Con uh, Constance, Constance is a man by the uh, or a male by the way. <clears throat> cool. All right, uh, for our fantasy uh, improv cold open today, um, you're each gonna get you're each gonna get to build your own thing. Um, so with that in mind, try to try to keep it kind of short because we have to we have a lot to get through today. So, Anthony, please build me a fantasy food vendor in a fancy part of town. A fantasy food vendor in a fancy part of town. Okay, I'm gonna say. Okay. Um, it's a gelato stand. Okay. And yeah, but instead of just like 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 a cup of gelato, they they do like a whole carving of the gelato. Like, okay. So it's like, yeah, yeah. So so like instead of like having a picture in your your coffee in the 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 whip, it's just like a gelato, but it's like the you know uh, like Venus de Milo, like it's like a you know various uh, forms in the gelato. Like a sculpture. Like a sculpture. Yeah. But if only if somebody had used that exact that word. Right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, Garion, uh, give me a kindly old woman with a secret. Uh, okay, kindly old woman has the most kindly old woman name you could imagine, which is Gladys. Yeah, that's pretty. I mean, yeah, top five um, for sure. She has 14 grandchildren. Oh, and uh, six regular children. Okay, uh, her secret is that she while she does love the man she married, she's secretly still in love with her first boyfriend who died in a tragic accident when they were young. Oh, love that. Okay, great. Diana, a member of the nobility wakes in the middle of the night with a start. Why? Um, They woke with a start because they... Um, I don't know. They probably just heard something. How much cool. detail do you want here? What, what, do they we... he what did they hear? Um, they heard a dog barking outside, which is weird because there's not really dogs in that uh, area because dogs know that even though it's a rich area, it's not that good. Um, so hearing a dog probably meant that something was going on, but he didn't really want to check it out. Um, so he was just laying there hoping it would go away. God, that's such a, that's such a mood. Holy shit. Okay. Um <clears throat> In the dead of night in Waterdeep, when almost all of the houses are asleep and even the rowdiest of taverns are starting to gently wind down for the evening, a pulse rocks through Waterdeep. It's invisible. It's almost an invisible... I just said the word invisible twice. I'm so fucking good at this. It's crazy. It's some sort of not visible... It's some sort of hard-to-perceive wave 
that bursts through water deep and just like sets everything back like a quarter of an inch. Even the big buildings sort of rock gently on their axes. Uh, the stray dogs and cats running through the street are bowled off their feet. And the there are little ones sleeping in alleys and hammocks and orphanage beds and comfortable four-poster beds in the mansions that roll off and fall to the ground. And it's really funny. It's not. It's not funny. Every picturing, picturing those little orphans in their tiny hammocks in the alleyways getting flung out of them, spinning around. It's not funny. It's, it's funny not. Enough. Don't. Oh don't no! You just saying that made that even funnier. Every child under two falls out of bed. It's really funny. But in addition to the children spinning like tops in their hammocks, trapping them in a cocoon. Only for them to reemerge a month later as a beautiful butterfly. <laughs> In addition to that, um, people all over Waterdeep start remembering things. Remembering things that they can't believe they've forgotten. There is a gelato sculpting vendor in a fancy part of town who realizes that he started this gelato business with a partner who tried to steal it from him. Tried to tried to buy out all of his fantasy gelato shares, and I guess what was pump, a publicly traded gelato company, and tried to steal it from him. There is an old woman, Gladys, with six kids and fourteen grandchildren, who realizes that the person that she was in love with didn't die in a tragic accident when he was he was a youngster. He's still alive. He just married somebody else, and she's been pretending that he's dead because it was easier this whole time. That's that's hard. <laughs> that's hard as shit. There Why is does need so much therapy. There is a member of the nobility who wakes up in the middle of the night hearing a, a stray dog outside barking from an intrusion and suddenly remembers that he betrayed the thieves guild in a deal gone wrong. And he has every reason to believe and should be scared that people are actively breaking into his house with their with his name carved onto their dark blades right now. All over the city, people start remembering things that they should not have forgotten. Let's cut to you three bing bongs. You, sure you all open your eyes to a smoke-riddled basement in Troll Skull. Um, it, it is, you all open your eyes to Garion's bedroom in real life. <laughs> it is difficult to breathe without coughing. And somewhere... Bob Marley is playing on a set of iPhone speakers. <laughs> um, there's a towel under the door. This is <laughs> exactly uh, you. Last vibe. I'm not mad at it. You smell smoke, and Josh Pat immediately starts whimpering. What do you do? Uh, what is Constance doing? Constance doesn't give a fuck. Fair enough. I chew thoughtfully. <laughs> Cool, yeah, in character and everything. God, I can just picture Mel standing in a burning building. No, like, with the I bag really of chips. Leave with the bag like... of chips, she would be like, ah. Hey, listen, so here's my secret. I was in a lot of pain today, uh, so I took an edible. I don't usually take edibles before I record because I get really, really fucking high. So I'm really, really fucking high. <laughs> So spoiler alert. There's Synopsis. a set of iPod, there's a set of iPod speakers playing Bob Marley and Diana's room as well. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I'm not vaping because I'm already like really fucking high. <laughs> I'm not birthday high, Anthony. I'm not that bad though. 
just yes. to be clear. <laughs> the night is young. Um, okay, so uh, Mel, who is not high and is capable of making good rational decisions, would um, look for how many? Is there another way out? Can I get out through the door? We're uh, in the basement, so I you're guess you're in the basement. There's a set of like there's a, a set of basement, or is it? <laughs> I guess that would be up to to Gareth, whose bedroom is in the basement. Is there as I mean, it would make sense to me as the DM that there would be a sneaky way in because obviously Garian spends Gareth spends a lot of time uh, making sort of midnight rendezvous with the wealthy purses of uh, Waterdeep's upper crust. So Doesn't that's up to Garian. The so there is there is not. Uh, an exit outside of the tavern, but there is a hatch that leads from the basement directly behind the bar. And then from Gareth just goes out the window behind the bar. Wasn't so, there some door? I thought it was to the sewers or there, something. There, was a, there is a door to off. the sewers, but that has been like comically barricaded. Okay. Like what? pianos and grandfather clocks in front <laughs> of the door level barricaded. Are you taking the bard's instruments or... Uh, you know what? Who knows where he may have gotten that ornate grandfather clock? Well, I was talking about the piano, but is that? I was like, is that one of the bard's instruments? Is just no. I was talking about the piano. If you believe in yourself. No, no. The, the 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 bard holds. He holds the grandfather clock, <laughs> and then every fifteen minutes, original. I love it. Yeah, so we could go up to the secret hatch, but maybe just like the stairs would probably be faster. Because I didn't know if they were blocked, so I guess I could ask that. Can I? Where? The stairs... Oh, yeah, the stairs are not blocked. They're fine. The stairs are. Okay, open. so if I do that fire safety thing, where I like put my hand on the like, is it safe to open the door? It is. It is warm to the touch, uh, but it doesn't burn your hand. This hat. This hatch at the top of the stairs. Okay, so um, I'd probably uh, take JP and be like, uh, "We got to get out of here. Follow me out." Okay. And yeah, open so the I, thing, and I follow as well. Yeah, no, no need to prompt. Uh, for reference, unless I say otherwise, Constance is in Gareth's uh, one of his many chest pockets. Okay, it's, it's, does Constance have his head like out over? Oh a, yeah, a actually, just watching? like yeah, just like this actually. Nice. Do you want to <laughs> describe it for our audio listeners? No, fuck that. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Uh, audio listeners, if you've seen Adventure Time, I have a little shirt of Jake the dog sticking out of the pocket. Okay, so uh, Mel, you throw open this hatch and the booming smoke throughout the inside of Trollskull gets significantly thicker. Uh, it's almost difficult to breathe. The flames licking the inside of this tap room rise almost to the walls. The drapes that Arnold had spent so many days obsessing over, sourcing and hanging and... Uh, framing the windows just right are all like disappearing in columns of flame as it uh, wreaths its way to the edges of the room and up the walls. However, you can see a brief alley of unsmoked wood, which is the upcoming title of Garion's album. Unsmoked wood. That sounds like that's a euphemism, right? That's for like, for like sucking dick. You're going to have to tell me. If I see one other, if I see some more unsmoked wood, if I see one other unsucked cock, leave it to me. Diana, you see an unsucked cock leading to the door? <laughs> is it attached to anybody or is it just on the ground? I'm too I, I, high for the... 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, like we we began this episode with with Alex just specifically saying, "Listen, there are going to be opportunities for you to just get distracted. Don't do it." And he's immediately like, "There's a so penis there's on the ground." <laughs> there's a penis <laughs> on the ground. There is an open. There's an open path in uh, well, Trolls. Sidesteps the penis. Sidestepping the penis. There's an open path to the door. Yeah, I'm trying to get out of here. Yeah. Right. I would like athletics checks from all three of you, please. I want to see if anybody gets caught up in them flames. Oh, again? Okay. I'm so good. I have a great amount of- Ooh, it doesn't fucking matter. 19 plus zero is still 19. I'm going to burn to death. I got a six. I got a six. Diana? 18 plus five is 23. Okay. So- Diana Sorry, like, floats, floats effortlessly over the fire and like gets to the front door, throws it open, uh, followed quickly by uh, Gareth, who has like one hand cupped into his pocket to make sure that Constance the kitten doesn't fall out. JP comes out with me, obviously. JP is like right behind Mel. And then both of you turn to see the bard trip over a table and biff it onto the He trips floor. over the penis. No. He trips over the cock. Damn it. It's, the best of us. it's so girthy it caught his kneecap and he takes just two points of damage okay you just you just burn your shin a little bit got it but uh the three of you make it out the troll skull alley is a mess. Uh, there are people gawking from almost every corner and every store and every patio. Every window is thrown open. Uh, people are staring at your bar going up in flames. It's a miserable night outside. The wind is lashing. It's it's raining, but not hard enough to drown any of the flames that are now starting to poke out of the second floor windows and uh, glow gently like embers from the rooftop eaves. You see the crew of Don't Make or not Don't Make It Weird, Wicked Wares and Wiles, um, sort of like looking at the window. You see uh, producer Sean. Sorry, didn't they like disappear into a golden bath of light? I feel like we would be surprised to see them, right? No, absolutely not. They're back exactly where they were. They're, oh, okay, they, they're in. They're in the shop. They're fine. All right, sweet. Their their sort of fantasy Taylor Swift troubles uh, took place off camera, and now they're back tending to their shop. Um, Gareth, you see producer Sean like throw himself out the window and hit the hit the slanted rooftop of Wicked Wares and Wiles, and then leap to the cobbled floor of the alley with his staff in tow and start frantically start casting spells, trying to get the rain manifested in a way that like dampens the fire, but it's already too late because Troll Skull is burning. Mel, first person out, you see caught in this wave of faces of people staring in horror as your, the last six months of effort that you guys have put into uh, Troll Skull Tavern burns right in front of you you see a figure in a dark cloak with bright red hair staring his face aghast uh, at this flame as you see Rainier Never Ember take the first faltering steps backwards to turn into the crowd. Uh, and you see him, uh, his lips move and he mouths something to the empty air in front of him. How far away from me is he? Probably about 20 feet. I was going to say, can I see him? <laughs> Yes. Um, tell me, describe to me the non-lethal way you shoot Rainier Never Ember. Why non-lethal? 
because I've decided it's non-lethal. I need him for the next three and a half episodes. Okay, so how close to lethal can we get? I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you any part of a leg. Oh, I'm a better shot than that. And I get to fire twice. I'll give you both legs. A man can't run far with two severed Achilles tendons. (laughs) He can hop. I mean, I guess if I'm aiming, aiming like right for the fucking Achilles. (laughs) All right. I'll go for both. For both. All right. Roll those attacks. Arnold, Mm -hmm. while she does this, uh, roll up a perception check for me, please. Got it. First one wasn't great. I might miss on the first one. Good thing you can't run with two Achilles ten or one. You know what I'm trying to say. I'm real yeah, high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. Uh, first one was only a nine. Woof. No, actually, you hear an agonized screech as you hit a, a fucking innocent bystander. Listen, I got smoke in my eyes. <laughs> you just shoot some random dude. Oh, that's okay. I just made up for it. Hold on. I got a fourteen. Fourteen for the perception. Thank you. smoke eyes it's fine it happens 23 23 okay uh you shoot your second arrow between the legs of somebody that rushes to help your first victim and (laughs) it catches uh it catches rainier never ember in the calf um and you hear him cry out but he continues to run uh disappearing into the crowd uh 23 and i can't hit his achilles come on now i'm sorry to say Sometimes you only sort of hit. Roll damage. I was going to say, this seems like. Uh, While she is rolling damage, Arnold, you see uh, a folding picnic table set up on the, uh, the cobbled street about 15 feet away. It's around sort of like a bend leading out of the alley. Uh, it has a lovely umbrella next to it and a picnic uh, chair, sort of like a, a reclining chair. And Duster Froon, the owner of the rival tavern, Ale Be Back, is uh, selling cocktails and giggling merrily to himself as he watches your bar uh, burn down. And you can hear him say, Get your old fashions here, old fashions here for your burning down privileges. Don't forget to come to Ale Be Back. That's where no, you can I'm get these him delicious, delicious I just old blow, fashions. I, I blow the my little flute and I take his voice away <clears throat> immediately. Like I... All right. Uh, he sort of like, and like realizes his voice is gone. But then he actually, wait, wait, let me roll for it. Okay. He, he takes a second to recover, uh, but he slams his picnic table and then starts gesturing like a silent auctioneer, still giving away his old fashions. Um, oh, one crucial detail that I have missed in all of this. Um, all three of you, actually, let me call it what it is. All five of you, Constance and Joshua Patrick included, now know for certain, for certain, it's almost impossible that you could have forgotten where the vault of galore is. 
It's in the C ward where it's always been. You understand this like you understand. Like it's, it's so obvious. It's like, what's Joshua Patrick's name? Joshua Patrick. Where's the vault of galore? It's in the C ward. So you feel Arnold watching Duster Froome frantically mime his old fashions and much to your chagrin, he does sell three of them while he's voiceless. People really like old fashions. <laughs> yeah, Gareth is buying them just to dump them on the ground. Throwing them in. <laughs> uh, Arnold, the stone of galore is, uh, is warmed in your pocket, almost like it touched the fire inside Troll Skull a little bit too. It's not, enough to, it's not enough to burn you, but it's like an after effect of like falling against that like burning wood floor. You feel it like, like gently pulsing in whatever pocket you've got it. Okay. I go, whoo! Like that. that is just... nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, Diana, there is a uh, bright red splatter of carmine against the cobblestones where your prey is uh, limping away. Can I run after him? Absolutely. Yes, you can. You run. The crowd parts and you hear like muttered whispers and, and sort of like. I feel like JP would also take <clears throat> Jason Barky and Growly. Would JP go in front of you? Or would he, oh. would he be at your at your side? Probably at my side, unless I gave him the okay to go ahead. Okay. You know, it's a police dog. Hell yeah, I actually like that a lot. There are shocked whispers and gasps as you run away from your burning bar, and you you hear people be like, "Is she? She's she's not going to go to the barn. Burning like, is she okay?" <clears throat> and then other people are like, "No, it's cool. It's cool. She kills people regularly." Um. Ahead of you is a horrible cry of anguish. Thank you so much, Gary. Nailed it. Uh, and you see Diana bursting through this crowd. It's sort of like towards the back, towards one of like the back exits of Troll Skull. Uh, Rainier Never Ember, bound by his ankles and legs by exploded, uncontrollable plant growth, like reaping vines and tendrils of like toothy cacti. And Fala Lefayer, the proprietor of the newly rebuilt Corellian's Crown, the plant store in Troll Skull that you guys helped after the explosion at uh, Troll Skull Tavern the first time when uh, their store was turned into like smoking rubble is standing on their patio, uh, arms outstretched and fresh incantations on their lips as they pull the scrabbling and protesting form of Rainier and Never Ember back into the alley. And they look at you and say, not on my watch, dearies. I know that you are after this person, and I say once a scoundrel, always a scoundrel. You are an amazing friend. Thank you so much. <laughs> you just became my best friend. Like, I might get a tattoo of your face, <laughs> actually. Like, I appreciate that. Dr. Froon? Okay. <clears throat> Uh, you see Duster Fern's face grow, well, not shocked. Wet. You see his face grow wet, which is a, f is a phrase I try not to say often. And uh, he sort of like contorts and points at you accusingly. But I think you run, you hear, that's when you hear Rainier's cry. And I think you run after that uh, sort of immediately. <laughs> Boy, if I had a dollar. Okay. <laughs> Diana. 
Rainier Neverember has half an arrow in one leg. He's clearly like snapped it off at the at the midsection so that he can run with it. But his legs are all wrapped up in tendrils, and he uh, looks at you with huge eyes and says, "I am, I am, so sorry." That's not my character voice. I'm going to get there in a minute. It's been a minute since I've done my own voice. <clears throat> Lady Meliora, I, 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 uh, thank you so much. It has not helped, apparently. <laughs> Lady Meliora, I must tell you, I am, I, it is with such alarm that I see your incredible shot. You have, I, I, it appears, shot me and I must uh, apologize. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm so, so very sorry for your loss. And if you could convince the, uh, sort of plant witch to let me go. I'm sure that that uh, I'm I, I am a listen a a wealthy man. Uh, perhaps I could uh, offset some of the the damages to your establishment, and and we could sort of uh, figure this out together. Yes, and actually, yeah, he's wearing uh like really casual street clothes, Gareth, like a plain a plain set of shirt and trousers, like definitely not the finery that you're used to seeing your wealthy noble companion in. No, it's that's that's not at all what what is happening here. I, I must protest my own innocence. I'm I'm I I just happen to be in in the neighborhood. And while he's talking, uh, Diana, give me a perception check, please. Actually, Gareth, you too. Oh, I was going to ask if I can tell if he's lying. Oh, you can roll insight instead, and I'll have Arnold and Gary and roll perception. That's fine. Wow! 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 Huge. Ooh, I got a net 20 on perception. Let's go. Okay. okay. Diana, what'd you get on insight? 18. God damn, guys. Okay. <clears throat> Gareth, uh, you hear a rustling from one of the many, many offshoot uh, alleys and branches that are in this uh, sort of cobblestone lane. And you turn to see uh, what looks to be like a pack of kids um, sort of in their like ragtag rapscallion clothes, sort of like gathered rags. However, you notice two facts about this pack of kids hiding in an alleyway. Number one, uh, in the way back of them is a form that is definitely not a kid. It is sort of like rounded and tall, maybe like six feet off the ground. <clears throat> and number two, um, in the reflection of the burning down troll skull, you notice that the skin of these kids' faces is too tight and in off color. And you realize that they are kid-sized creatures wearing masks. Oof. Anthony. Yes. You see in another offshoot alley, because there are apparently a lot of them, uh, two sailors dripping water. Uh, even from where they're standing, they're, they're dripping water standing like, I don't know how you guys are like a mile away from the nearest harbor. Mm -hmm. And in the burning reflection of this tavern, you see mutated coral features exploding from their cheeks and lips and jaw as they watch you. Diana. <clears throat> uh, 
Rain, Rainier for sure is not being straight with you guys. What what he's lying about, you can't quite tell. But this dude's this dude's excuses are exactly that. They are flimsy excuses offered at face value. Okay. Um. So uh, whilst he's going on and rambling or whatever, uh, I'm just going to interrupt and say, um, why are you here? I I I can explain. I can explain everything. This it, it, this is a it, the 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 trappings that I am wearing, uh, the the location that you find me, the sort of uh, hey, let's call it what it is, suspicious circumstances. I can explain everything, but I cannot do it here. There are there are too many eyes on me now. Everyone is watching me, Lady Meliora. And if you can get me to a safe place, I can explain everything, and and we can and I, and. I, People are remembering things that they have no business remembering, and 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 my life is in danger, and I can. Sh- yes, it's in danger from me. This is from a, this me. is a, this is a most excellent point. Please don't kill me. I have much to live for. Many millions of gold boobies lie in a vault, and I and I I love them dearly. But I but speaking of vaults, I can tell you where the vault is. I can get you inside. I have I, I remember things. I remember things now, Lady Meliora, and I can tell them to you, but not if you kill me. And not if any not if any of these guys kill me either. Why would they want to kill you? You know why I want to kill you. Uh, you hear a scratching of uh, chalk on a blackboard, and then, Gareth, you turn, and 30 feet away, Dustin Prune is holding up a chalkboard that says it's not really the favorite. And then underneath that is a sign uh, for LB back. Anyway. <laughs> right in his face uh you hear the scampering of small feet on cobblestones and suddenly this pack of kids bursts out of this alley knives akimbo and throws themselves at rainier almost like throwing themselves past you gareth past you arnold and uh getting about i'd say about five feet from mel before she notices because she's so wrapped up in uh the scene with rainier what do you do Absolutely, yes. That's going to be a dexterity saving throw, I think. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, you trip one of these little kids and he goes uh, slamming into the cobblestones and he trips up like two others. Let's say there's five all day. So there's three more on their feet. Arnold and Mel, what about you? They, one of them dropped it. So one of them is unarmed, but I want to know what Arnold and Mel did. Um, how far are they from me? Five feet. No, that's not as far as I wanted them. I guess. Okay. So I will, I will pull an arrow. So I have it. Okay. But before I, I don't know if they're going to run at me even though I'm going to try and stop. That's why I want to have the arrow out in case they don't stop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to pull the arrow so I have it, and then I'm I'm just going to say, hey, stop, stop. What? Who are you? Just stop so we can talk this out, even though historically trying to talk things out has never worked. Yeah, uh, they don't stop. And in fact, one of them gets close enough to Rainier to, to swing one of these daggers down, 
and oh, just misses. And you hear the sharp retort of metal against stone as it slams against a cobblestone inches from Rainier's face. So, uh, so Arnold, so I can tell that they're obviously not attacking us. They're only going after Rainier for whatever Correct. reason, right? There's no for, like, no, for no now. Immediate, for now, for now, of course. Um, so I just want to say to Rainier, um, if you don't tell us why you were setting our building on fire, we will sick more children after you. Oh, great memory, Gareth. No, actually, one of them fell and this sort of like too tight, weirdly reflective skin over his face sort of peels off and you're looking at a uh, a goblin, Gareth. He is the green skin underneath this flesh colored mask is heavily tattooed uh, and pierced. And... Yeah, yeah, it's tough to be it's tough to be badass when you're a foot and a half tall. So are these the same goblins from the uh from the talent show or the the Battle of the Bards thing? They are not. They no, no, that's that's they're what okay. that's what okay. Garyan was asking, but they are not. Okay, okay, but they're not but they but they are goblins, but they're not those They goblins. are goblins, not those goblins. Gotcha. Okay. Different okay. goblins. Gotcha. Um and Rainier Never Ember says um uh, Protect me, protect me, and I will and I will tell you everything. I will give you every piece of information you need. But I, I can tell you where the vault is and I can get you, I can get you to and then he he fumbles just for a second. He falters. There's a word on his mouth that he, even now with knives in his face, refuses to say. <laughs> God, God damn it. Um, behind you. Actually, no, let's do this first. Uh, let's roll initiative really quick so I can keep everybody straight because these goblins are going to attempt to uh, peel Rainier's face off. All right, Gareth, top of the order. There are goblins attempting to uh, peel Rainier's face off without his will. What do you do? Melwood. Like right in the back of the skull kind of thing. All right, roll me an attack. Does Arnold see that these aren't children? Because... Like they were described as children at first or like children like. And I think I wanted... for right now, you still think they're kids. That's I think, what I... You, I think you see your best friend in the world That's... try to murk a child. That's what I was imagining. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Uh, roll a damage and add your sneak attack to it because this child is uh, prone and you have advantage. Okay, 
you uh, cut this goblin's throat to the bone. You hear the whistling, bloody splatter of uh, his death rattle, sort of like blow out on the cobblestones. And uh, another one of the goblin goes, oh my God, what? Jesus, God in heaven. He's very... Nice, key detail. Okay, next up in the order is Anthony. Okay, um, so Rainier is still wrapped up in the vines, correct? Currently, yes, but uh, Father Lafayette, uh has has uh, called out, do you want me to let him go, or would you like me to keep him restrained? Uh, I, also, so, uh, please don't murder those children. Oh, the goblins. Okay, all right, no, that's that's quite all right. Fantastic. Oh, okay, I was I was. <laughs> I was going to ask about Fala because I wanted I just since it's uh we're in initiative, but I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Fala anyway and be like, is it possible for you to raise uh raise Rainier so the goblins can't reach him? Oh yes, dear, of course, of course. Uh and she may uh, <clears throat> excuse me, so sorry. They uh make a rising gesture and the vines covering Rainier's legs uh writhe and move and pick him up like five feet and and then uh Fala's face contorts in a grim smile and then they make a quick gesture and then uh Rainier is flipped upside down are there any goblins hanging from the vines or were they all shaken loose no they were all they were all shaken loose in the slamming conundrum okay um so I imagine he's off the ground now there are a group of goblins there I'm gonna cast shatter on the ground uh where he is no longer hell yeah roll it up do I save out of that or is that just you yeah uh you I think you save out Constitution 13, then it's it's half damage otherwise. Uh, the goblins rolled a three. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah. It's so it's 22 damage. God damn. Okay. Uh uh, yeah. You turn these goblins into like a pool of meat jello. I say, take that, kids. <laughs> uh there's there's a, a crash and a cacophonous screech as the street peels itself apart and like the cobblestones twist into spears of raw stone and uh ore and shatter upwards in like a barbarous trap and all of these goblins are impaled their daggers go flying their faces are caught in half mask half grotesque screams of agony as they go Wah! Uh, well done, Arnold. Goddamn. Okay, Diana. What? It's it's your turn, dog. Oh. Murder a child. Fucking fucking what? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> my girl, my girl's a space cadet tonight. <laughs> I like how you're like, we only have a couple episodes left. I is like, I only have one left. Episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Diana, you, just, you have just Didn't watched- Arnold just take care of all the little goblin children? Yes, but I'm keeping us an initiative just so I have an idea of who goes when. So you have just watched Arnold turn the street into goblin-scented blood I'm and I'm so guts. proud of you, Arnold. Truly. Those murder lessons you're taking with me right after your sneak lessons would get their pain off. Well, I am. It's true. And actually, JP is also better at that one, too. <laughs> but, but, you know, that, that's all right. Second place is, is still pretty good. It's not bad. 
You actually look down, Gareth, and in your breast pocket, Constance has a tiny kitten-sized spell book that they're frantically <laughs> flipping through. Yeah. <laughs> there's like a there's like a a, a, a tiny you instead of a straw hat, it's suddenly like a fedora. Oh yeah. There's like a Dovahkiin style like helmet with like cow horns at the top. And your your Constance is now equipped with like kitten battle gear. Nice. Anyway, Mel. What do you do? Oh, You've got sorry. Rainier right there, hanging upside down. And everyone else is gone. Uh, the goblins are now- the, gob the goblins are dead. People are staring at you uh, because there's uh, still a crowd gathered watching Troll Skull burn down. And uh, you hear somebody like in the crowd say, hey, I uh, that that seems kind of fucked up, low-key. Um, I mean, high-key, it's fine. Somebody um, else goes, is that Rainier Never Ember? It might be. It might be. Um, okay. So normally- <laughs> right we gonna find out like yeah mel just punches him in the dick like what daniel did with table listen if you yeah you gotta jump you gotta jump for it i mean i'm willing no so um well normally we would take you to troll skull but seeing as you have burnt it I'm, I am wondering if perhaps, I don't remember the plant person's name. Fala Lafayette. Yeah, if that person, could we could we borrow a, a room or, or someplace that's a little bit more private? I don't want to go anywhere he suggests that's his territory. No, of course, darling. I've got, I've uh, just, just the spot. If you bring him here, I, I, I can use my, um, my shop stewards. Uh, they're, they're newly appointed, but I can use my shop stewards to defend the space because I feel I've got a terrible, terrible premonition that this is about to be a very dangerous night for uh, Waterdeep. But please, please come. Uh, and they pull these tendrils and sort of like, there's a sharp gesture, and Rainier slams down on the cobbles just like a little bit harder than necessary, and goes, ah. Uh, and then Lefayre, uh drags Rainier into uh, Corellian's crown, this plant star. If you'll remember, it is a uh, townhouse with a glass roof and lots of like big glass windows lit on the inside by gentle lanterns. Uh, and the door is thrown off and it is perfumed with the scent of tea and soil and plants and humidity. And Fala leads you to a back room that looks like a it looks like a potting room. There's plenty of like other pots and soil and watering cans. Yes, Garion. Give me a perception check, please, Gareth. Round fellow. He was. That's a fact. He's six feet tall and round. Like, is he, I'm confused. Give me just like 15 seconds, Diana. I so there's a six foot round man walking towards you. There's a six foot round man. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what I was wondering, honestly. Darian, give me a dexterity saving throw. Here. 
Oompa Loompa. <laughs> like, does he have legs? Is it are they are his legs also kind of round, or are they like little chicken legs? Like, do, does he skip leg day? Does okay, the pile of still steaming guts and blood that is starting to be washed down this cobble street by the oh. whipping winds and way and rain of this horrible thunderstorm booming and cacophoning over water deep is frozen into a contorted jagged mess as you narrowly sidestep a ray of frost exploding out of this alley and gareth you see the wide eye panicked form of tim float out of this alley and stare at you in that's not six foot tall it is floating six feet above the ground. His bottom was concealed by the goblin children. If you would just give me just a minute. Tim floats out of the seconds. alley. You were holding like a wrecking ball. <laughs> and, yeah, he floats in like a wrecking ball and stares at you, Gareth. And you hear his voice in your head, which is curious because that's never a way he's communicated with you before. But beneath the screams and the panicked passersby and the burning and Fala shouting, come this way, you hear Tim's voice in your head say quietly, it was never supposed to be like this. I thought you and I were gonna be friends. Okay. Uh, all right. You guys are in a potting room in a back room of Corellian's Crown. Uh, Fala Lafayette. I've been in a potting room, to be honest. You guys go to Diana's room, which there's a Bob, there's a Bob Marley song just playing on a speaker in the corner <clears throat> and lots of really nice textured chairs. But follow makes a couple of sharp gestures and Rainier is suddenly pinned up against one wall, uh, a series of vines, like sort of like pinning his arms to his side and his legs about a foot off the ground to his side. And follow says, um, I will patrol the street and make sure nobody comes to to uh, roughage out there. But but please be quick. I I I think that this is going to get quite rowdy, quite 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 quite. Oh! Please hurry. I think it's going to get quite rowdy quite quickly. Can I? So can I warn Fala before they go out there? I just wanted to say, um, I did see some sort of. Uh, fish creatures out there. I just want to make sure you're aware that it, I'm not sure if they were watching us or coming this way, but just be, be aware that they're out there. Follows, follows features harden. And uh, with a calm determination, they say, now if there's one thing I've learned, dear boy, it's that plant beats water every time. I learned that from playing Pokemon Blue. Nice. All right. 
Pokemon references aside, you have Rainier Never Ember um, pushed up against one wall. He's very submissive. He says, all right, now, 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 now. Before, before the lady takes another arrow out of that quitter or Gareth tries to kiss me, I have information that you need. I have remembered things tonight, things that I have, I cannot believe I have forgotten. Uh, and, and all of it relates to my father and the, the vault that he has hidden beneath the city. And there's a pause. And with great effort, and you can see the muscles in his jaw and his neck uh, sort of like working, almost trying to like force this word out. He says, and my brother. This seems like a good time for a pee break, low key. I have to pee quite badly, so here we go. Thank you. the holidays as we all know and one of the best presents to get stuffed into your stocking from santa claus is a fantastic set of libra's arcana dice either sent to you straight from the north pole which is obviously where all of the libra's arcana dice come from or gifted to you by a lovely friend or loved one who just wanted to say something nice about you in the form of hand cast resin dice or one of these amazing theme sets that are delivered straight to your door so with that in mind diana what do you think is the most festive die in a set. What die says happy holidays to you the most in a standard set of TTRPG dice? Um, the one that says happy holidays the most. I am I'm I'm gonna go with with our good friend the D8. Mm, okay. How come? Well, pyramids, but two, butt, two, two pyramids festive. under the mistletoe. I know. That's what I'm saying. Look okay. at them. They're butt to butt, okay? That's that's just romance and togetherness and all those things you want for the holidays. Butt to butt is exactly how I want to spend my holidays. And I'm going to spend my holidays butt to butt with Libra's Arcana. Gary, and where can our delightful and faithful listeners discover their butt to butt comrade, Libra's Arcana? You know what, Alex? I'm so glad that you asked. You can find Libra's Arcana dice on librasarcana.com. Uh, you can get dice hand resin uh resin handmade with the nice sharp pointy edges you can get a metal you could even get DD book covers if you don't want that icky yucky cover art showing uh and you can get all that for 20 percent off if you use our discount code stupid 20 you could use that for literally anything on the website that could be one dice set you like that could be a whole bunch of book covers that could be the monthly subscription which has a new dice set every month this month, being December, is Frostbite. Looks very badass. Uh, and uh, you get 20% off if you use code stupid20 at checkout. Check it's so important I said it twice. Now, Anthony, really quick. If I wanted to gift a set of lovely Libra Sarcana dice to, say, my favorite D&D player on uh, the amazing soon-to-be world-famous show Critically Stupid, would I have to like pay for that subscription over and over and over again? Like how easy oh, is it to cancel? Absolutely not. You can cancel the subscription anytime. You don't even have to talk to anyone. You just go on there and it's effortless. You just go nice. on, do, do it anytime you want. Well, I guess the only thing left to say is Libra's Arcana. Dice for life. Stay homunculus, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Is All your right. favorite player you? Are you going to buy yourself dice?
Rainier Never Ember looks at you. Uh, his eyes are wide and he is gently sweating. And he says, It is, of course, the, a great shame that I bring on, on my house and, and my brain. I don't know how I have forgotten him. It, it seems impossible. No, this is, of course, crazy. There are hundreds and hundreds of red-headed fellows walking around Waterdeep. I think that uh, the sort of sky god that is overseeing our lives. Yeah. <laughs> this is... Uh... Did you also remember him? I... I... When I... When I was young, my father was most powerful and, and selfish and cruel and as such i had many siblings and half brothers and half sisters and cousins and 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 the the legacy of my father's misdeeds is is a tale unto itself but one of them was constantly in our lives he wanted nothing more than to be me he followed me around everywhere even after my father expelled him from the house after he was caught uh 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 uh, he had no. He had several uh, several dogs that he was withholding food from because he liked the way that they cried. They he was he was a a horrible horrible child. Uh, but he wanted nothing more than to be to be me. And in in the number of times he would come into my room and he would wear my clothes and I would find him and say like, "Hey, get out! Stop that! Don't don't Some come in single white female shit. Don't don't." Do this. It, 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 it seems impossible that I would forget him. Just like I would forget that, that my father hid the vault underneath the theater that he owned in the Sea War. But of course, I, kn I knew this. I knew that I knew this, but it was like there was a hole in my memory. Like something forced it quietly to the side. I did not do this. This, I did not do. It looks a little suspicious. I will tell you that I am running away from it saying, I am sorry, but I am sorry because your tavern is on fire, not because I am the one that set the match. Do it. Yeah. Why are you here? I, uh, he's shooting you straight on this one, Gareth. Uh, or at least he believes he is. There's a lot of like, memory and consciousness and and what is truth being played around right here uh but to you diana he says i i ran to troll because i heard of your endeavors in the in the sea ward 
uh, in the harbor, I should say, and with with Devil Star Song in the Eye Catcher, uh, I I received tail from uh, a contact I have in the uh, in the city guard, uh, a Captain Rain. She she mentioned that you might need help, that you might be in trouble, and I rushed to help to to throw skull to to find you, and I found it aflame. Why? Why? Um, what is your theory then as to why our tavern is on fire and why it's taken Waterdeep Fire Department like a really long ass time to show up? That's a separate question, but apparently, you, like dragging the hose with them. You hear a crash of glass and a cry from uh, the room outside behind you and Rainier's eyes dart to the closed door and he says I am I am thinking that I am the the sudden subject of much too much attention if people have remembered uh my father they have remembered his vault and then they have remembered that there is only one living son with his name and I I I fear that I will come to much harm quite quickly um uh, uh sorry Diana what did you ask me what his theory was as to why our tavern was mm. burned. I suspect that your tavern was burned for that exact reason, uh, that, that somebody was trying to to force you to make a decision, either to find the vault because, uh, listen, I, the fact that you have the Stone of Galore is a pretty terribly kept secret in the city. I, the the um, people that you have trusted maybe you should not have trusted so much. So, hey, this is a long way to tell you that maybe you're in danger and you should start running now. Perhaps. Yes, this is quite unfortunate. I hope you have the good insurance. Ah, I do not concern myself with ghosts. Rainy and Neverember buys new houses only. They have not the time to be haunted. One of the I mean, doors. Sometimes of this the room... land is haunted, though. True. One of this, uh, the doors in this room slams open, and a man with uh, scarred runes carved over his cheeks and forehead bursts in. He's wearing dark robes slashed with blood red ribbons. Uh, he is bleeding from his, uh, his neck and brow. And there is a uh, coiled ivy vine around one arm that has been brutally severed. Uh, and he extends his fingers towards Arnold and uh, utters a, a, a spell. Okay. <laughs> like, okay, this whole time, Arnold's been sitting there in quiet contemplation because this guy who was one of his best friends kind of betrayed him. He didn't feel safe with him. 
he's learning all this situation, like the situation that's happening with Floon and Rainier and just like trying to figure like watching his friends and sussing through everything. And then suddenly having said nothing, only sitting there with his thoughts is like, he wasn't took any damage in the past several episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Who's taking any damage? I mean, that's okay. Yeah. So, so he 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 fingers me is what you're saying. Yeah. So you get finger blasted, and uh... <laughs> God damn, Garyon. <laughs> anyway, Arnold, you are uh, thrown against one wall, and you take one point of damage as your forehead slaps against the wall because I think it's really funny. Uh, and then there is like a shout. And uh, another loop of vines explodes from the floor and grabs this dude by his feet and uh, drags him backwards out the room. And you actually see uh, Gareth standing in the doorway is Dustin Ego uh, wearing uh, like a shop boy apron out of canvas and his hands are stained with, with soil. And he goes, don't worry, sirs, I got him. I got this one. Uh, a, a guy did kick me in the chest earlier and it hurt real bad, but don't worry, I got uh, this one I got. And he makes a sharp gesture uh, and hurls this this dark wizard out a window. Nah, man, he's just a he's just a kid. He's just a kid. You can't put that on a kid. Then he would be the number one student in my murder school. Okay. What's the play? You guys are being attacked. They're the, like, there's sa- the sound of scuffling is coming from outside. Uh, whatever brigands are on the street are clearly attempting to get in. Okay. There are a series of uh, darkly dressed bandits with knives as equally curved as yours. Some of them have uh, sickles or daggers. Um, they are all fighting plants that have burst from the walls and floors and ceiling of this plant store. Fala Lefayer uh, is bleeding from a cut over one eye and has only the use of one arm as the other hangs limply from their sides, but they are still shouting in, uh, in anger as more thugs burst through the window of, of uh, their shop. Gareth, do you want to like roll to attack somebody? There are a number of fiends to choose from. And there's no city guard having showed up yet. There is the glint of steel and spears from the street outside, but none of them have uh, either there aren't enough to detach to the store or they haven't rolled up just yet. Uh, no, we can just we can just act sort of independently for now. I don't I don't see the need to roll up another order. Uh, there's the wizard and there's two bandits that are uh, in the process of cutting off the the bonds that have restrained their feet. All right. Um, well, while he's doing that, uh, Mel wants to turn to Rainier um, and say, um, listen, I, I don't trust you like at all. But here's the thing. Even if I were to let you go right now, you would still be chased by these bandits so so what exactly is your thinking where would you go to be safe from this i am thinking that the only place that i could go that would be safe would would be either my home or uh perhaps this vault you don't think they'll be in your home 
You know, now that you say it out loud, perhaps the only place I could go is the vault. I think they might they might actually have sussed out where I live, mainly because I have. Oh, yeah. Kenneth, have you broken into my home? No, never. Was I? No, but you but took his bug and put oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good, that was a good time. Oh. All right. So, um, let's go. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Gareth. One missed, the other one hit. Roll some damage. Bless you. Arnold, say some, say some words. Sorry. I was just letting Diana do the thing. Uh, so. Heard. I think I'm just at a loss because we want what's in the vault, right? Like our yes. whole thing is to get the vault. I'm I, as a player, I don't know why we need Rainier anymore. Like, do we, do, you know, does he know a way in the vault that we don't know? That's, you know, like, do I know that already? And I just don't remember. No, you don't know that. That would be a question to ask that. right okay. now. So I'll, I'll ask him. Okay, I'm just, that's what I, I want to make sure. Um, so, so okay, so I'm going to look to Rainier as uh, Mel is questioning and say like, yeah, I, I, I think it's pretty clear that we all want to go to the vault. Otherwise, I wouldn't be, you know, holding this hot thing on my, you know, person at all. This hot ball on me. <laughs> so. Hey, my friend, so, you, keep it in your pants. Huh? This is not the time. How do you know where it is? Anyway, so I don't know where I keep my balls. So <laughs> P, P is canonically stored in the balls. So so I say to so I say to Rainier, um, what is the fastest way for us to all get to the vault from where we are? Uh, if you have perhaps a, a, a mode of transportation that is faster than walking, I was planning on uh, hailing a cab and sort of riding in comfort and style. If you have perhaps a Zeppelin that you would like to ride or a Griffin that you can hop on or a Dragon that would be convenient. But uh, yes, I was planning on uh, sort of the standard mode of transportation. I don't know what you have, okay? I am not part of your party. I don't spend a lot of time with you. I have previously considered your friends, and but the, but then the Lady Mariana shot me, I think, twice now, maybe thrice. Been a few times. You do not have a pocket dragon? That is weird. I have three. Hmm. So, so as far as like the, this is such a bad question to have this late into the campaign and I'm so sorry, but as far as this vault is concerned, is it just general treasures that are in there that we're after, or is there something specific that we are, that we want? Cause it feels weird to be like, Hey, let's all go to your, your vault that belongs to you that we want to completely rob. You know, I mean, like it I, doesn't, it doesn't belong to Rainier. It's it's money that it's 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 money and goods that rainier's father embezzled from the city right okay why are we that's pretty much as far as 
as far as motivations, Arnold, that one's that one's on you. The the I'm 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 running this by the book now, and the book offers shockingly little in terms of like why you should care. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm just. I mean, I'm I'm with it to just you know uh, learn from my friends. That's what I've been doing. I love that. You guys should care because it's the last episodes of the campaign, and I need you to. That's why you should care. So okay. So I, I I turn to Rainier. I'm like, I meant if you know some like certain, you know, like secretive way to get to your vault from where we are that, you know, maybe people wouldn't be able to track us as easily, not the method of transportation. So as far as ways to get there, no, as, as, as the rogue shouted after I think he stabbed that man. Uh, Gareth, by the way, you your, da- your dagger like hooks into some dude's uh, shoulder and rips out like a meaty chunk of flesh. Like you are in combat while all of this is happening. But let's say you can hear it from over one shoulder. Just, <laughs> <laughs> Just like stabbing. Um, but I will tell you, if, if the fiends, brigands, and bastards out there manage to get there before I do, they will have a tough time because they do not have my father's key. Okay. That makes I agree. I think so I turn around. I like Arnold immediately turns around like, I'm on it. Don't worry. I take out my sword. Hell yeah. No magic. Throws himself into combat. <laughs> he does. Okay, so what's the plan? Uh, there how... are brigands to be fought. How many exits? Where where how how can we get out of here? There is a back door. Uh if I mean, a long time ago, you might remember, uh, somebody made the suggestion to follow Lafayette to plant uh, fantasy weed in their backyard. Uh, so you know there is a back door. Canonically, there's a back door to this shop uh, that you have been down. So we should visit. Why did you look over both shoulders? Because the fuzz could be here. That's true. You hate to see the fuzz showing up. Actually, speaking of the fuzz, Gareth, while you are wrapped up in combat, and Arnold, you would see this as you roll up, a contingent of soldiers breaks away from a growing population of this uh, street. They are taking over the fire and the crowd and sort of all of that a portion of them breaks out and starts rushing really fast towards this plant shop led by a dwarf with a bright pink mohawk who you might remember from the heist arc that is the sergeant that secured the ship and also threw you in a cell in like episode eight uh, and interrogated you about the location of the stone. This was the the first hints that the city watch also knew about it. Just like Sparta kick over and over and over again. Okay. Um, so can I... Go ahead, Arnold. Oh, no, I was just, so like, 
can I say like, yeah, okay, yeah, let's get out of it. And I want to cast a major image, but I want it to look like, let's, I'm just going to say Floon. I want it to look like Floon, like in the corner as if he's like fighting. Like I want it to be like, he's fighting. So when people come in, they think he's one of us. So when we leave, they are distracted. The whole point is just to get them to look one way so we can go the other way, essentially. Okay. If anyone yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you summon the lackadaisical red-headed bartender floon in a corner. Um, I like to imagine you summon him and he's just like karate chopping the empty air in front of him with sort of like a because uh, he doesn't know what he's doing ever. And uh, it distracts these brigands for enough time for a fresh burst of uh, thick ivy and barbed tentacles to erupt from the door of this shop and sort of like seal them up in like individual like painful cocoons. And uh, Fala Lefayer now supported on one side by Dustin Ego, who is like holding this this formerly stately half elf woman, uh, says, "Go! You must! You must run! We can't hold them for much longer. Please." Oh yeah, it's <clears throat> la 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 five right. <laughs> you, you look so disappointed. <laughs> That's one of the few times that Anthony's just like dunked on you with a joke, just like okay. No, it was just a better joke. Okay, Gareth, you run to the back of the store and throw open this door, and it is a forest of fantasy marijuana in this yeah. backyard. Yeah. The Mel's doing it now, too. <laughs> yeah, Mel and Gareth are just, like, reaping as you go. Reaping. Arnold's getting too far ahead. I'm just like, I don't even Yeah, Arnold's actually running. Uh, really, really quick, what did you guys do with, or ask Fala to do with Rainier before you left? Oh, he's got a key or something, so we probably have to bring this stupid fucker. I mean, we could do that for sure. Who's carrying him? That's, now that is going to affect Fireman's how much carry. that is going to affect how much top tier bud you can cut from these. I mean, bud's not that heavy, so I feel like he can. How much can you grab with one hand? With you're carrying this dude with two hands. It's a fireman's carry. Display all right. Display a fireman's carry that also allows you to peel weed off a branch with the literally other hand. the fireman. No, this is the carry. most ridiculous thing I have ever heard. It's the fireman's carry. It's supposed to be, yes. I thought you were going to say a fireman's carry is designed to also let you pick weed with the other hand. <laughs> the weed carry? We're combining the two. We're combining okay. the two. A fireman's weed carry. Excuse me. I Apparently, I wasn't familiar. All right. You guys so run. Cool. You, wow. 
you run holding oh, that was just hurtful it wasn't even funny i thought it was funny <laughs> you guys run with rainier over garyan's shoulder uh and you uh make it out onto the street there is a shout behind you uh and you see a contingent of city guard point at you and somebody says they're over here uh, and several of them start running towards you and you see a pink mohawk figure dart around the corner and start legging it towards you saying, stop there, thieves. That's not his character voice, but I forgot what it was. And, uh... Nice. Um, um, I have a spell that I don't know all the details of, though. Where like... I don't, I don't need a spell for that. That's just ingrained in the character. Okay? She says, was, she says gesturing with her vape. Yeah. It's a good time over here. Um, yeah, that's the weed carry. Um, I have a spell where I can like lay a trap in front of me and people it's like camouflaged. Something I guess I could look at my sheet. I'm sorry, I'm really fine. Spike a spike growth? What is spike growth? Or is it passed without a choice? Those are my two. Which one am I talking about? It is spike growth. Uh, the ground in a 20-foot radius centered on a point within range twists and sprouts hard spikes and thorns. It becomes difficult terrain for the duration. Creature takes 2d4 piercing damage for every 5 feet it travels. So yes, that would be uh, very good for you right now to use. Right. True. It's fun how I randomly remember I can do magic sometimes. Uh -oh. <laughs> it's like oh i've got this random spell that's absolutely applicable to this exact scenario i mean you probably you can in most scenarios to be i fair. just randomly made a floon and alex was like yeah but the story is about to just get rid of those guys anyway don't worry yeah about fuck your floon <laughs> i don't need him <laughs> i don't need him I'm like all right, all right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's furiously karate chopping too much to be chancuffed okay him is one of those video game characters that can't stand still even when they're not they do the bounce yeah, 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 yeah. okay so uh mel talk talk me through it how do you how do you cast a spell well i mean i guess that's my question like above table dice wise you just do it it just happens Okay, you don't, don't need to, to roll for it. I don't have to roll. I don't roll out of it. You just trap it. Okay. Um, so I think that um I have both hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so um she would just use her both both hands um to kind of create um kind of like do this motion of like stuff coming up. Mm -hmm. um, and then um I think that from her hands you kind of see a little bit of like a, a green glow when she does this and then in front of her comes up the um the big spikes and the vines and whatever um but then she does this and the green glow gets a little bit dimmer and the spikes and everything get camouflaged into the ground in front okay okay uh yeah i mean exactly that you raise your hands and stony vines and thorns explode from the cobblestones and uh i imagine there's like an arch as it exits the alley that sort of like come down uh and camouflage and then there is a call it like a like a grizzled old 
grumpy looking city guard. He's probably like in his fifties. He's got like a, a mustache and mutton chops. And it's the funniest facial hair. I did. I did. Nope. I had six options and the four was mutton chops. What were the others? Goatee, bristlecomb mustache a la Stalin, Hitler mustache, uh, Abraham Lincoln style beard, and uh, wispy sort of like uh, prepubescent peach fuzz, almost like Garyan's got. <laughs> it's just like really quick. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway. This dude with mustache and mutton chops runs into the thorns and then uh, trips and makes an agonized squeal. Gary? Close enough. Uh, yeah, exactly. As uh, his arms and, and hands sort of like roll, throw out to catch his fall as he trips over these thorns and like gets cut up um, and the contingent of guards behind him uh, slows to a stop and you guys make good your escape. So, my question is, where do you go? I thought we were going to the vault. Rainier Neverember throws himself into a carriage that he called on. Uh... He's fireman carried. He's not throwing himself anywhere. All right, fine. Rainier says, uh, uh, if you reach into my pocket, you can pull out a... Uh... Money? You, you can pull out some money and we can call a carriage and it can take us to uh, uh, where... Do you, do you happen to have like a fantasy phone that we could get a fantasy Uber? Uh, yes, I, I, there, there is a, a bird of messaging in my pocket that you can, that you can use. reaches in and grabs the wallet and tosses it to Garion. Okay. Right, it's a very fancy wallet. It's, it's, uh, it's crocodile skin. Mel reaches into the other pocket to get the little bird. Uh, there's what nothing in there. He was I lying. I thought he said he had a... Oh, I'm so disappointed. What? <laughs> wait, wait, there uh, was a bird and there's can, not. Like, can I, since we're reaching in his pocket looking for this bird and other stuff, can I kind of search for the key? Well, we're looking for, I mean, yeah, come yeah, on, yeah, we're yeah. looking for money. In the, I want to, yeah, we're looking for the, he said he had a bird in his pocket. We're not going to assume he's lying because he's now trying to, you know, tell us that he's being honest with us and such. I was going to say. Uh, yeah, but so I want to look through his pocket just to kind of see if, if I can find that key to the vault or anything. He, uh, he giggles like the Pillsbury Doughboy. Uh, and then says, uh, Mr. Arnold, before your uh, adventures into outer space conclude in a, a tragic discovery, uh, the key is not in either of my pockets. It is in, uh, it is, I, I keep it in a safe place in, uh, in, a, in a shop by the vault. Or my father keeps it in a safe place in the shop by the vault. Uh, I can give you the cross reads if you, if you require, but um, it yeah, is can, in a safe place. Just, okay, so as, so as we're like continuing, to, well, where are we going? We should, did we uh, I can't get the fantasy Uber, so we walking still. Let's say you're in a carriage. Let's say a carriage right, stopped right. and a, a dude was like, hey, you need a ride? I could do pretty, it to, for pretty a good, certain actually. distance, right? Like, a, well, if he's hmm. Mel think? says, before you do that, give me all your weed. 
I'll hold on to it. Safekeeping. Yeah, I'll keep it. I'll keep it in a safe place. It's this joint that I'm rolling. My lungs. Oh, I can only do it up to twenty feet, or or hundred and twenty feet. Yeah, it's not very far. No, it's not very far. That's enough to create some doubt as to yeah. In case someone's watching, you're saying okay, yeah, yeah, let's do it. So. All right, all right. I like that a lot. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So I, I, I cast uh, my major image, and I do exactly that. I make it look just like Rainier. Okay. Uh, Arnold, how many third level spell slots do you have? Two. Oh, did yeah. I already use? Hang on, let me. You use no, used major illusion. So that's your I last. Did. I that's your last one today. Yeah. You're for, you, oh, you yeah. can do this one, but that's it. No I more. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right. Yep, that's it. Uh, Gareth, you run with a fantasy Rainier thrown over one shoulder. Uh, the opposite direction of this carriage and successfully you hear several like alarmed cries, not only from this contingent of guards uh, that are sort of like uh, three stooging themselves over this trap that Mel laid for them very successfully, but you raise your eyes and see a series of cloaked figures darting on the rooftops, following you with much more agility and stealth than the city guards that they leave rapidly in their wake as you turn a corner and disappear into the alleyways uh, the opposite direction from the carriage. Mel, Arnold, Josh Pat, and Rainier take this carriage rattling over the streets. It is like three o'clock in the morning. There is nobody else on the streets. Um, and you go to the sea ward, the seedy part of town where our story has run through countless times and you pull up to a very familiar intersection and hop out the carriage uh really quick how much do you tip the driver just so i know 20 percent. 20 percent. okay not enough and to be generous rainier. it's from rainier's wallet though right like we had oh yeah oh, okay for, for sure, sure rainier's for sure. paying for it 20 uh, is a good tip 20%, yeah, 20%, 20% fine. Uh, it's, you know what 20% is? It's, it's a nice tip without being memorable. Like you're not going to be the, you're not going to be the ride that this right. dude is like, holy shit, these guys tip me like 50 gold boobies or whatever. Although I suppose we could tip him more to be quiet. So maybe that would be. But he did pick up somebody who's all wrapped up in a fucking plant. I was just gonna ask. So oh, yeah. this dude, this dude asked zero questions. Okay, he oh, didn't even right. look at you funny. I mean, he does yeah. have the three a.m. shift, so that's probably yeah. Funny. What like right. whatever whatever weed you guys are smoking? This dude's on some stronger shit. Nice. Okay, uh, you guys. Let's say let's say uh, Gareth, us. you. Gareth, you catch them as they're, pull, as they're pulling out of this carriage. So you all are together. Uh, and you are staring at a very familiar intersection. You are staring at the purple-laden old Zoblob shop from episode like three or four. Across the street from, nobody's going to remember this but me, a theater. I remember. I, yeah. That's right. And you mysteriously couldn't because I needed it for other reasons. And I didn't, I couldn't let you fucking bing bongs burn it down. Um, <laughs> but uh, Rainier Never Ember says, 
I guess, muffled from the vicinity of Garrett's buttocks. Um, the key is the key is in is in the shop. Uh, the shopkeeper is an old friend of my father's, an old comrade from his adventuring days, and he has been keeping the key unbeknownst to anyone. Um, we must go and check it with him, uh, and then we can go to the to the theater. My father owns it. Okay, let me see. Yes, you have one day's worth of teleportation charge. Before we go in there, Rainier, just a question, since Loon's your brother. Is your father sick? My father has been dead for 15 years. Hmm. I mean, my father my father can do several kicked lips. <laughs> He's quite ill. <laughs> you could say his white blood cells have failed him thrice for cancer because of the number of kick flips he can do on his skateboard this is taking a weird turn why would your brother <laughs> say that his father is sick unless you don't share a uh, father i am so sorry diane i did not hear that can you give it to me clean um, yeah, just uh, why Why would your brother tell us that his father is sick then if yours is dead? I imagine, yes, I imagine that he is telling you falsehood so that you would trust him. No. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. That's a vibe. 100%. So so can we ask I mean since we're sitting here asking or asking uh, Rainier questions. Can I ask um So okay, after he was, you know, kicked out of your family, what are you do you now remember anything else about him? Would he have a separate family perhaps or you know, are they do you think they're just straight flies? I I know very little about his mother because she was a source of uh, uh, shame to my father. I know that uh, this this youngster, this child, was was wrapped up around me like thorns on a vine for my entire life. And but um, it is it is curious, Arnold. I cannot seem to rem remember his mother in any significant detail. I cannot. Um, hmm. You would think that I would. You think you would think that I would be able to recall her name, um, but uh, yeah, I remember she was not very nice. Probably hmm. to, to me. So okay, how how do you have a relationship with the mother? Like, was she a part of your lives for a while? If she was a, a... She's a source of shame. Why? How do you know her at all? Well, I only heard about her from my father. Of course, he he would uh, occasionally, when when this this boy would get a sort of too much, my father would would curse uh, his mother for the sort of shame she had brought upon the house. And then, of course, 
she, I mean, she, I have very little relationship with her. She is not my mother. My mother is uh, Lady Neverember and is a, a constant delight to me. She does not live here. She lives in Baldur's Gate, but she is lovely. We write uh, twice a week. Can can I tell if, I mean, I know he thinks he's telling the truth, but can I tell any, how, how do I ask it? Can I, can I tell if he's having some sort of like mental issues um, and like maybe a split personality situation? Like, the, you know. Yeah. The, give me, give me an instant. No, somehow, because I, I, yeah. Give me an inside check, Arnold. All right, let me give you an inside. Let's say, let's say you're, let's say you're rolling this as you guys are walking into Yield Zoblob Shop, and the and the okay. the bell jings merrily over the door. Okay, cool. What? There's a beanie. Oh my god! I got a seventeen plus four, twenty-one. 21. What I will give you with a 21, Arnold, uh, you cannot tell if there is any intentional deceit. Um, but for the 21, I will tell you that um, you notice that Rainier has not used Floon's name once. Okay. Yeah, that's that's what I was kind of picking up. Cool. As you guys walk into Yield Zoblob shop, you hear from the back of the store... Um, uh, coming from a puff of bright purple smoke. Well, hi there, guys. Welcome to Yield Zoblob Shop. It's me, Zoblob. Oh, and yeah, I don't need to practice. Right pra I don't need to practice this voice at all. I've got this one in a holster. Wee. Now, how dare you say that? Don't you have don't a, a single fucking syllable looks into your voice and we're going to get sued all the way down to our ball sacks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>